hail her graces. Welcome to episode 50, Sean and I of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. First of their name, queens of woke and ratchet, countesses of the weekend D-report, supporters of black businesses and protectors of old school hip hop. <laughs> I'm Sean. Oh, yeah. What's up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, what are we calling this episode? Winter is here. <laughs> Winter has arrived, y'all. All right. So getting right into it. I mean, this isn't Ratchet, but we just, we, this is our Game of Thrones intro episode, at least. As a lot of y'all know, because the world just stood still from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock on a Sunday. The Game of Thrones, the eighth and final season, premiered on HBO tonight. So it basically picks up where season seven left off, where, as y'all remember, Jon Snow took had to bend the knee and other body parts to Me. basically his auntie. <laughs> Them kids gonna be fucked up. <laughs> and, uh, and remember, we got Cersei and the Night King and the zombie ice dragons and all of it. So I've been so here for it. Now, did you see it? Did you see the show Girl, tonight? I did. And my mouth was wide open the entire time. Did you see I when mean, uh, pills, all of Daenerys them. came in with her army? Girl, that white yeah. people was like, who was these niggas? <laughs> <laughs> who was these darkies you done brought in here? Who was you? Who was you? <laughs> we never seen no niggas before. <laughs> no, I was so here for it. There was a, there was a part when uh, Danny and John were, were were gonna get on the dragons. So he was like, "Well, what if the dragon don't like me?" And he was like, "Well, it's been nice." And she said, "It's been nice to know you, John Snow. <laughs> I've enjoyed your company because <laughs> that that dragon gonna kick your ass." <laughs> I was I was so here for it. I mean, anybody that knows me knows. You know, I'm I'm all about us. I'm all about supporting black businesses, everything, so on and so forth. But when it comes to Game of Thrones, man, I'm I all have in. A place in my heart for this for this band I of white people in. on this show. For real, I um. <laughs> I, so it took me a while to actually get into Game of Thrones. I I probably started watching probably four times. I couldn't get through the first episode. I'm like, it's a lot of white people in this movie that look alike. I I, I just could not distinguish who was who and what was what but finally once i got i understood the characters and you know where they came from which you know which kingdom they came from i actually rewatched all seven seasons like a month ago like i just no i'm serious i watched it from the beginning to the end girl oh my goodness because you know i I tell people if you're trying to get it now you're like what 80 80 or 90 episodes behind i'm I'm a part of like a a lot of different facebook groups and somebody posted so is cersei's kids by her brother i'm like nigga it's just the whole seven seasons is about her kids being her nieces and nephews are you kidding me out the group please block her oh my goodness yeah like and you know trying to ask me about who does what it's like yo nah. you're like eight years behind i can't yeah. and i've i've watched this day one since Ned's did start lost his head like first the first premiere of it so i've been you know i've been doing this for a while <laughs> i put my time in like, this, like it is- to really get it for me anyway I have to rewatch it. I had to rewatch these episodes. Like this was the third time I went straight through and watched it, but I've rewatched episodes like over and over again because yeah, I have no problem with that. 
It's one of those, it's one of these shows where you can't be distracted and doing something else because you will miss like little small details mm -hmm. that are very important and you miss that. You it, it it throws off the entire episode. So you have to pay a very close attention to everything that's going on. You are exactly right. I it, it's I literally there's you know, don't call me during that period of time. I can't be on my phone because you're you're right. It'll be it's the subtleties that I'm just I live for. Mm -hmm. You know how they are just it really is a story of the Game of Thrones. Like you talk about some people, some some dirty people out here. Mm -hmm. It is it's so it's so juicy though. <laughs> I, I gotta send you the post I saw on Facebook. It said uh, Game of Thrones for Black people. So it, it explained Game of Thrones in language black people could understand. It was <laughs> you gotta send it to me. You gotta send it to me. I want to post it because that it's just like we watching it. And I mean, when you think about it, it's like it's not even a medieval times like this is a fantasy world, because when you tell somebody that doesn't watch Game of Thrones, look, they're dragons and they're giants. And mm -hmm. um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And there's a magic black. Remember that black dust person? And mm -hmm. Cersei got a zombie that protects her. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. OK, but just to to. It's it's so like the world, you know, even though it's like a fantasy world and it's these white people that I don't even know what time they're they're living in. It it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It the doesn't. story is so good. You know, I mean, we've literally waited. This has been almost two years since the last episode. I since know. the last season. I know. And it's it's so it's amazing how people are, are still were waiting with bated breath for this to come out. Like it didn't lose any steam. Everyone was still enthusiastic about seeing it. Talked about it. Like we're all waiting by the TV. Here for it. Here I was for like, it. I got to get my snacks together. I was trying to get my snacks came on. <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn off all the lights. I had to set the mood in here. Like same uh, here. I'm on the couch. I'm at like I'm at a movie theater in my house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just so serious. It's it's so good. It's so juicy. And this first episode for for the eighth season did not disappoint. Like mm -hmm. all of it. Um, Cersei is still. She is like when you have when you look up um the the mistress bitch the the, the bitch of all seasons. Mm -hmm. It has to be a picture of Cersei. She, she is, is just she is playing the hell out of that role. Made a career out of being the. I don't know anybody who is who is nastier than she is. Because mm -hmm. she goes. Goes after family. That that's yeah, me. Is the only the only sweet spot she had with her kids, and she ain't got no more kids. And she ain't got no more kids. Can you believe that? All her kids is gone. Mm. Mm. Girl, I'm here for it. So, <laughs> whew, yeah, just Sundays for. So you said it was it's six season. It's six episodes. I believe I it's six episodes. Let me look it up real quick. Let me hit the Google's real quick. Man, <laughs> I can't. I like my life. My life on Sundays changes. So from 8.45, cause I'll end up, like you're saying, I end up watching the episode again. Like it's on right now, <laughs> about to occur right now. <laughs> about to play again. It says, hold on, make sure. Winter, winter is here. The Night King, we didn't see, everybody made an appearance too. Like everybody came together. It says six episodes. What? Yeah, you know how fast that's gonna go. I know, and they're only like an hour long. This is not fair. Wow, and this is it. This is it. It right. Okay, well, you know, um, 
I think I'm going to do like a Game of Thrones um, watch event or something like for the last episode or something because it'll it'll probably coincide with my birthday. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. All right. Winter is here though. Winter is here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so where are we at now? Oh, well, I'm sure everybody's heard the news by now, but uh, <laughs> Wendy Williams has filed for divorce. Man. Have you heard this? I know you I have. Heard it. Yeah. So, okay, I, you know, let's not make light of it, but just two, two weeks ago, she was on her show saying, quote unquote, she was very much in love with her husband. She said, don't ask me about mine. Pointing to her, her big fat mm-hmm. rock. She said, this ain't going nowhere. This is for a lifetime. And um, she, now she's apparently singing that Keisha Cole song. I changed my <laughs> mind. You know, I think she was she was just holding her cards close to her chest because uh, from what I hear, what I read, she um, sent him a gift with a big bow on it. I <laughs> heard. She sent him with a, um, with a present. <laughs> I think it was open the box like <laughs> I think he didn't got a present. No nigga. Ooh, yeah, it's this like this like the clubs in New York. Grand opening, grand closing. Man, 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 man. So um I, I don't know if you heard of this guy. I just found out about this guy called Avion Foster. He was apparently um, he was apparently signed to um to Kevin's uh management company, 53rd West Management. And okay. so he, um, he served him a demand letter because I guess he's trying to break his contract. He's um, saying, you know, there's uh, just accusing him of a lot, a lot of different things like breach of contract, sex trafficking, fraud, sexual battery. So apparently he's alleged that he was um, Kevin's boy toy. They had a sexual relationship. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. <laughs> what? He said that they, so how he was introduced to Kevin. So um, apparently Wendy has a, I guess like a, um, an app and the person who runs the app is also a producer on her show. And he saw him, um, Avion Foster online. He's like a viral sensation. He, um, he sings really, really well. He sings Brian McKnight's uh, covers. So he brought him on the show, introduced uh-huh. him to Kevin and actually Sharina convinced Kevin to sign him. But, you know, he, he got signed. But in, in the midst of him being one of his artists, they developed, like, a sexual relationship. And and Avion is married. Avion is, is married. What? <laughs> and his wife is by his side while he's doing uh, all these interviews. But he's very... What? Wait a what? What? I'm girl? Wait. Yeah, yes, yes. She was on, you know, there's a popular um, YouTube uh, person who does interviews. And she had, you know, she had him on um, with his wife. And he was just very oh. graphic about... You know, Kevin, like even kind of accusing him of rape. Like Kevin came over. This is too much for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he was like, there was, I guess they had a condo in Fort Lee, Jersey. And he put, put, um, I used to live out there. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Fort Lee. So he put um he, he was living in the condo and apparently you know he was there and he said Kevin came over he and the, the guy Avion said he walks around the house naked he never has any clothes so Kevin came over and he was naked he was like 
He ate his booty. He was like, I took a, he was like, I took a shit and didn't even shower. And this nigga still ate my booty. He's spinning in it. He's fucking dicking me. Girl, he was going oh, after so graphic. He was like, they would go to like massage parlors. I can't, even, like, I can't even, girl, they watch would me. Go to massage oh parlors and they would have sex in, and perform oral sex on each other in the pool or in the, the sauna. And girl, he was very graphic. Very, he was like, he, okay, I, I know you said it already. This was an interview, a live interview with him. Yeah, it's post. It's on YouTube. It's I'll, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Um, we'll Google his name. I have already. <laughs> it'll pop up. But he he, seen it. he went all the way in. He was like, Kevin has a small penis. It's like two inches hard. <laughs> he, said, he said Wendy actually is okay with him, you know, having these other sexual relationships with other women or or other people because he doesn't, he doesn't satisfy her sexually because he, his penis is so small. And, and oh, the like, Wendy does her own thing too. Um, but I guess, you know, the stipulation on, on that was like, you know, can't get anyone pregnant, which, you know, you know, we already know how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he went all the way in. If you could get through this interview uh, with him talking, <laughs> it's a hard interview to watch just because I like a certain kind of interview style and this doesn't quite fit. <laughs> what I like to mm-hmm. watch, but you know, it was very informative. So, oh my goodness! So, let me just take this all in. So, this this dude Avion Foster mm-hmm. was signed to Kevin as uh, Wendy Williams' husband, correct? And the two men were having a sexual relationship, correct? Mm-hmm. And and he's he's coming out, so to speak, with this story with his wife by his side. His wife is She's by his supporting side. him through this. She's okay, mm-hmm. apparently, with this. Girl, you know, I had this conversation as a side <laughs> note, but it's appropriate now. I just had this conversation the other day. The other day, and the the topic was, you know, I think for women, for a woman to like dip her foot in the lady pond, so to speak, or whatever, you know, it's not looked at the same as for a man. It, yeah, you know, when he decides that he engages in a sexual relationship with a man and then it's like, I'm straight. It's just like, nah, dude, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Because you know, what it really is, is that uh, men, one of the, the ultimate fantasies of men is to have two women having sex with them or to watch two women having sex. So the thought of two lesbians or two women having sex, you know, that really gets men going. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but it's always in in their mind. It's, it's uh, in their mind. It's always the the femmes. It's, it's two femmes together. But they don't. They can't fathom two two butch manly looking types having sex. But, yeah, and then you know that's why it's it's a double standard or a stigma with two men having sex. Like I I don't think I could be with a man who is who's been with another man that I know of. You know I know I know that he has been with someone else. There's no way I could do that. I, and I'm just saying, like, once you and you know, it, to me, like, like that makes you gay, like, a hundred percent. I don't care how you cut it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But let's be real. Now, does that make a female who, you know, maybe she's been with a woman and then she decides, you know, I just want to be with men or whatever? Like, yeah. honestly, like, I'm biased. I don't look at it as the same. I don't either. I, mm-hmm. I don't either. But because we. All he, I'm pretty sure there's women who strictly like women, but I think a lot of women, especially the ones that go in their inner later life that go with other women, is because men do them dirty, you know what I'm saying? And it's really more, of an it's more of an emotional thing than a sexual, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming. 
Um, but with men, you know, he even talked about it, you know, when it's two manly men and he looks, if you were to look at this man and I see him, I see he doesn't have, you know, just from the, the little, the hour that I watched him, he doesn't have any feminine traits that I would say, oh, he's gay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Um, but he said if it's two manly men together, it's, it's an adrenaline, adrenaline rush. Um, this is what he said? This is what he says. And he said, you know, when, whenever he and Kevin had sex, Kevin wouldn't even last three minutes. You know, it was like an adrenaline rush for him. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> he was like, you know, Kevin has so many issues um, that he's that he's dealing with. And that's why he's so aggressive. Um, he, you know, he really described his relationship with him as being abusive. Um, he told a story about how Kevin kept asking his mother. He never knew his father. So he didn't mm -hmm. think he knew him. Kept asking his mother, you know, who is my father? Who is my father? His mother never told him he has an estranged relationship with her because of this. And then years later, as an adult, come to find out that Uncle Charlie that lives down the street was his daddy. Oh, oh my Lord. <laughs> he thought the whole time that was like a play uncle. But you know, the whole time, you know, the play uncle Charlie was banging his mother out. And, you know, that's his daddy. So he's a lot of uh, emotional issues, according to Avion. It's just a mess. You know, I mean, on the outside looking in, um, you know, I support Wendy Williams because that I was saying and we were talking about this just last week. It's it's difficult when you're in that type of relationship. I mean, it sounds from the outside looking in, it sounded abusive. It sounds like they have a lot of issues, you know, amongst themselves. So getting away, I think, was her struggle. And then, you know, she struggles with substance abuse on top mm -hmm. of that. So, yeah. you know. I, Again, like the same prayers that go, you know, go out to her. Cause now that's that's a whole nother, you done went down a whole nother street with this. Girl, <laughs> this is messy. What? This is messy. What I'm thinking is Sharina and the baby, and he got a whole family down the street. No, he got a whole something else going on, a whole other lifestyle going on. Yep. Oh, alrighty then. Very interesting. Well, Very interesting. Ooh, and you thought when you just when you think your problems are big. <laughs> <laughs> I was just complaining about this nigga. Don't call me back. <laughs> I'm joking on that, but you know what I'm saying. The, the, the issues I have with with these men that I deal, you know, these I deal with. It, that's this is small potatoes compared to that mess. That's crazy. Wow, that is absolutely crazy. Oh, oh Lord. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I I I ordered. I ordered. Um, Postmates. I've never ordered anything online. Postmates ever. So I ordered some at 11 o'clock. I ordered some cur curry chicken. Mm -hmm. And when I say it's giving me life right now. So <laughs> sorry, y'all. I'm so hungry. Girl, Postmates <laughs> in the Bronx be letting me down. The only shit that's available is Popeyes. <laughs> girl, be letting me down. I used to order from this Indian restaurant. The only Indian restaurant that's on this list. But girl, that shit was terrible. I'm like, y'all cannot have any Indians back there cooking because this this is like tomato paste <laughs> out the can. I can cook this shit. I yeah, Postmates Beats Delivery.com. They they let me down every time. Mm. Yeah, well, they, they did me good though this time. So all right. Okay, moving on. Where are we? Take a sip of my water. The woke minute. Are we at the woke minute? All righty. So pull back your hair and get your your low, your low, um, what are you, the little, your little kitten heels. Mm -hmm. Put your readers on. <laughs> Put your readers on. My bifocals, because that's what they are. 
<laughs> and get ready for the woke. All right. So I wanted to talk about, you know, in light of Nipsey Hussle's passing and um, I know a lot of us, I don't know if you watch, I, I watched bits and pieces of the memorial, um, mm-hmm. the Nipsey Hussle memorial on, on, on TV. And, you know, I think you, you and I have talked about this sometimes when we talk about woke and, you know, I mean, we laugh and we joke and we have a really, we have a really good time about that. But I think encompassing woke, it means a lot more than just like, you know, knowing, knowing some stuff about your history and knowing, you know, what the government is doing and, you know, the conspiracy theories. And it, to me, it transcends that. So I wanted to talk about kind of the Aquarian age. And I don't know if you've ever read up about it, but I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been doing a lot of studying about it. Um, And it made me think of it when Lauren London was speaking at the memorial and she was talking about how Nipsey Hussle would light sage in the morning to kind of set them right for when they go out the outside world. And I just, you know, that just touched me in so many places because there is this resurgence, this this awakening, you know, of of us. You know, we are we're burning sage, we're using crystals, we're setting intentions, you know, all of these things, and we are we are learning a lot of where our our power and our strength come from comes from. You know, I think the day is changing when you know you're just, it's just about the Bible. Everything that you need, you, you, you're being told, fear God, you go to church and everything that you need is in the Bible and you better follow it. And that's it. And I feel like things are changing. Maybe it's because we are getting older and, and we are learning more. We are now in the information age. Do you, do you believe any of this? Nah. Yeah. I de- yeah, I definitely do. I think a lot of the, the, uh, the answers to what we deal with as people and how we interact with each other and our personalities. And, um, I think that is really guided by, um, by, by, I don't know how to put this. Uh, I don't want to say by like horoscopes and astrology, Mm -hmm. but I really believe, I really believe that, you know, the day that you were born, the time that you were born, the season, that all used to who you are. And I think we've gotten away from that. We got, we've gotten so far away from that. Um, exactly and just this so this is where where i'm at because we have gotten so far away from it and i think like when you know acknowledging our ancestors and how um you know this was knowledge that they had and they passed down so i do see there's a bit of like i said it's it's a coming back to that coming back to the fold so let me just get into what i was talking about the aquarian age so for the next two thousand years if you believe how the planets are aligned and how things are going we are in the aquarian age so we've probably been in this transition for the last 50 years so they said officially the aquarian age uh started november 11 2011. so what that means at least to me. And like you were saying, you know, I believe that the day that you were born, the hour, the minute down to that second, it was a reason and um, a purpose for you. And it was in according to how the planets were aligned on that particular moment, you know, and I think we can joke around and say, you know, I'm a Taurus, you know, that's, I, and I know I'm a Taurus there. I'm on the cusp of Gemini and, you know, some of the traits, if you, if you read into it, it's like, 
knowing who you are. Um, I've done a full natal chart, which just gave me so much information just about myself. It was like unlocking myself. So I really encourage our listeners, if you've never had one done, to get a natal chart done. Um, because like I said, it's like a it's like a manual to yourself. So basically what's going on is we are now entering this Aquarian age and it's affecting everybody. There's everybody, I believe, on this whole entire planet can feel that shift. So it goes from the, we are leaving the Piscean age and Piscean age, it was dominated by power. You know, the phrase was like to be or not to be. So it, you know, it meant that during this time, um, you know, people were attaching themselves to things because that's how, in order to identify with something. So, you know, that's why we saw the rise of religion, you know, political ideologies, um, leaders, you know, that were standing up and we're following these leaders and, the idea was that the key to life, the key to knowledge was held by certain people, certain institutions, certain individuals. You know, there was it's the secret, you know, and if you were a part of this whole hierarchy, you can learn what the secret is, the secret to life. But we're coming out of that, you know, even though we've been in it, like they said, it's 2000 years, we're coming out of that age. The Aquarian age is dominated by networks, by information. You know, this is the information age. You know, you've heard that. And I think we can look around us, even how you and I are communicating right now, had it not been for, you know, the networks and the information, it wouldn't be possible. So this is the age of what they call, quote unquote, I know, you know, it's it's about the information that, you know, and what it does and what we've seen is that it opens up the 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 entire world because knowledge is power, but information and the dissemination of information, it's ruling right now. Mm-hmm. So. What happens is, you know, your identity, it, your existence is no longer about, you know, how you associate with things outside of you. What happens is, is you know, you're accepting yourself, you're being to be, you're looking not outside yourself for, um, for uh, confirmation and knowledge, you are going within. And that's why you see a lot of sisters and brothers out here, you know, from, um, Nipsey lighting sage and connecting with our ancestors and, you know, learning knowledge of self, true knowledge of self, you know, doing yoga, um, you know, transformation, self-improvement, alternative healing, you know, Dr. Seabees, these are, these, this is what's happening in this age, you know, um, but just like you have all of this positive, right, positive things going on, this transformation, meditation, um, you do have a rise or an increase in depression, suicide, anxiety, stress, drug use. These are the things that we see also. So with the rise of information, you do see that there are some, in my opinion, that just, you know, they can't handle it. They can't keep up because once you take away um, that you don't have to look outside yourself for a confirmation, understanding who you are, that it's within um, and this is something that our churches, black churches don't teach, you know, because the black ter- church teaches to look outside of yourself and everything that you need is outside of you mm-hmm. instead of looking and going within. And, you know, this has been this has been my problem with uh, the religious system as it is. And, you know, growing up, I don't you know, I'm sure you've seen it. I know I have growing up. That's you. That's how we're taught. That's mm-hmm. what you're told, you know, so th- we are, there's 
I feel the shift. I've I've seen it myself where people are breaking outside of that and going going beyond and not accepting, you know, what's kind of been force fed to us. You know, this is what it is. We're coming out of that age. Do you believe that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of my um a lot of my friends, my peers, um, they they're abandoning um traditional religions and they're going back to like um um, religions like Afri West African religions or Santeria or, you know, you know all mm -hmm. these other religions, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yoruba, you know, um, because, you know, essentially we would not be, the majority of us in the United States wouldn't be Christians if it weren't for the, um, the transatlantic slave trade. And then also there's a lot of, you know, Africans that are Muslim, but they wouldn't be Muslims if it wasn't for Arab slave trading, you know? So right. a lot of us are really going back to, um, to our original religions, but even outside of that, you know, I, I was years ago when I was making my transition out of, you know, really, I never really called myself a Christian, um, just because I've always mm -hmm. had questions about the church. It just, you know, never made sense. Like, you know, like one mm -hmm. person when I was younger would say an older person would talk about religion and she said, you know, you can't read the Bible from front to back. And I'm like, why? It's a book. She said, it, it would be so confusing. But if mm -hmm. this is a book that is, is God in our light, why wouldn't we read it from front to cover, you know, from cover right. to cover, you know? Um, and just certain things that would happen, um, stories in the Bible, um, that just didn't make sense. And then when you question it, they'll say, well, no, it's not really a, a true story. It's an allegory or if it's a metaphor, or it's something right. that's, you know, not true. You know, so um, I've always questioned it. And then when I made the decision in my head to, to really stop going to church, um, I never really went on my own. But if I would go home, you know, I always kind of felt obligated to go with my family on Sundays. And, you know, after a while, I'm like, I'm not going, you know, I res respect that you're doing that. But also right. respect that I'm not going to I'm not going to go um, just because. And one thing that really kind of pissed me off about it um, is a few years ago, my grandfather died and we were all, you know, the whole family kind of came together and we were planning his funeral. And my grandfather, I never went to church, like never, ever, ever, right. ever, 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 ever. And so it was a whole big deal about his service and where would it be held and who would do, um, you know, who would preach the sermon or whatever they do in, in, you know, um, in funerals. And I was like, well, why don't we get a family member to come up there and talk? Because this preacher doesn't even know him, never met him. So how is he going to, um, Presided right. funeral, and then that was the whole big thing because a, a person couldn't do it who's not an ordained minister. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense because this person doesn't have a title. He can't get up and talk about his uncle. <laughs> like this wow. does not even make sense. All of these um, rules and regulations, and you know, really, and I can't speak for all churches because I'm pretty sure there are some churches that do work in the community. But for the most part, I just don't see them doing the work, you know, for the community. And I, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, um, speak but it. but also, what really made me kind of distance myself from religion is because I, I put myself back in a time thousands of years ago when you know we don't have the modern technology we have now all it's just us and it is the earth and it's nature and i think about mm -hmm. what were these people thinking you know and and that and that really kind of guided me to think that really i think these religions came were you know were um created out of um worshiping the sun Right. You know, if you think about it, if you're out in, in, in nature and say, you know, and the sun really creates your lifestyle, 
if there's no sun, if there's no rain, um, your crops can't grow, you die. You know, so I think a lot of a lot of these stories kind of evolved out of um, worshiping the sun and also just really trying to explain the unexplainable. You know, I think we have to become right. comfortable with saying, I don't know. I, don't know. I just right. don't know how the, I know it. Like, like the, the common question, how did the chicken, did, was it the egg or the chicken that came first? Right. Chicken or the egg? Right. Like, we really can't really explain that. And that's something that's so simple. But we can't explain it. We can't explain how we actually got here on earth. You know, and I think it's okay mm -hmm. to say we don't know how we were created versus creating a story that really doesn't make sense. But, you know, I think we just have mm -hmm. to be comfortable with saying, I don't know, and just leave it at that. Or, and I, and to add to that, what I think is important and what the journey has been for me is I, you know, it says, well, lean out on your own understanding. That's what the Bible says. But also to me is, let me understand it for how I understand it. Let mm -hmm. me, let me take it in. You know, and I look, look at the Bible is a history book to me more so than anything. And like with any book written on history, it's coming from a certain perspective. Now, yes, you know, there, there were certain words that were enlightened in it. And, you know, I do believe that God or, you know, a higher being was speaking to some of the the writers, but I mean, we we we're reading it in English and knowing good and well, English didn't exist then, so the interpretation is off. So it's how I understand it for me, and this has been, you know, the the journey for me is, un, you know, I'm coming up with my own sort of, and I don't want to say rituals because I think people hear rituals and they think witches, but honestly. Everything that you do is a ritual, right. you know, whether it's good or bad. So mm -hmm. you have to come up with your own. And this is so what I came up with, you know, I, 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 you know, people say, well, you know, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But what does that mean? Because I'm, I'm way more spiritual now and I feel way more connected now mm -hmm. than I've ever been when I, you know, made it a point to make sure I get up to church on Sunday. Sunday and try to get to Bible study during the week and, you know, read a couple of verses. I'm, I, I probably have not picked up, um, a Bible in a very, very long time. Um, but I feel way more spiritually connected, um, than I've ever been in my life, you know? So, and to me, it's about making, you know, having a daily spiritual practice. You know, I really got into meditation. Um, I love yoga you know, those to me is ways that you can center yourself um, because there's there's such a transition going on right now. There's such a shift um, going on. And just like with all the good things that come with a shift, you got a lot of the bad things. So one of the things that I think we are supposed to do is, you know, protect ourselves, you know, not let in because we are in this age of information, this Aquarian age, there's so much information out there. You really have got to be able to sift and sort and not let everything into your spirit. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because we, we got the media, you got the environment, you got politics, there's terrorism, there's all these things that you could just, just turn on the TV and pop. You can see, you know, see a, a story that, could bring tears to your eyes. So, you know, for me, it's like, I got to turn off the TV sometimes. I have to limit even, you know, being on social media because these are the things that open you up and, you know, you can give in to despair, feeling angry, sad, you know, fear, all of these emotions that 
you have to be you have to be able to have discernment and control them because because we are in this age of of information it can be an overload um another thing i wanted to say is you know talking about don't be a victim it is really about taking responsibility of self you know because you 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 are your god and i mean that in a sense of god is within you you don't have to look outside this, this this power this magical being that's in mm-hmm. in the clouds that looks like a da vinci you know painting that's that's not what it is it's the god within you and you know this is how we recognize these we talk about vibes it's like you know the god within me re- recognizes the god within you and that's how we vibe and this is how you know i live i live my life but it's also saying you know i take responsibility for that i'm mm-hmm. empowered and i'm conscious because i i understand that i am responsible that 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 god power is within me mm-hmm. so it's sacred i take care of it you know and i always say this i'm about love and light and i and i you know i say it as a joke sometimes but i honestly you know mean it you know i think if more people can consciously embrace that you know we are going through this aquarian shift but it's easier to transform the world it's easier to you know they talk about you know little acts of kindness be a source of light in your communities in your families in your communities at work you know what i'm saying just to yourself it really means, you know, embracing your community, you know, being of service, um, spreading and showing love. And I think even with the passing of, of Nipsey Hussle, one of the things that his life to me was an example of is that you had this one man who was out here at one time, you know, banging, banging real hard with, with, with the gangs, you know, South Central LA, but he was such a pillar in his community. He was such a light you know, that his light is still shining, even though they, you know, the devils try to, the, 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 the dark side try to take him out, but you see how, how much love that he got, you know, all across the world. That to me is an example of how we should be, you know, being that light, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, I think if, if we, you, if we all made a conscious effort um, just to live our, the, be the best people that we can be, live your best life without hurting anyone, you know, just being a good person that goes a lot further than, um, you know, what religion you are and what church you belong to. Just be a good person, you know, do right by right. yourself and do right by other people. I think it's really, it's really just that simple, you know? Right. So simple that it's hard. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my saying, but, um, but yeah, I just, I, I just really felt like in light of, and like I said it's passing and you know i'm still learning it's you know i even look at myself and like i said you know i didn't necessarily grow up in the church we used to go to revenite's church up there on 170 was 100 and on broadway and like 171st street um in harlem and you know just at a very young age because that church has so many issues and he ended up um being accused of so many things and it, it taught me at an early age that a man in the pulpit or whatever is just a man. You know, exactly. I've had in churches before and the pastor had to had to admit that he had children outside of his marriage. His wife made him do it. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm and, looking like it's just a man. And even just going back to what you were talking about how the scriptures, you know, these is the the different parts of the Bible and different scriptures were interpreted. I guess the person received um, you know, uh, a word from God. 
and and they relayed this message and, and put it in this book. But you know, even me and you in just regular conversations, the same situation, we could have a different perspective on it. So just right. because you know a thought came to you doesn't mean that thought is for everyone to follow. Right. You know exactly. And and write it down, and then you're supposed to. Everybody's supposed to yeah. supposed to follow it to the T. It's like mm, <laughs> I don't believe that's what that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know. And then you know another thing is is you know um, when we're at our jobs, uh, we're at uh, we're in school, and we have a a, uh, a test or we have a paper or something to write. We go and we do research on different. You know, we research um, different articles, different books um, mm-hmm. to gather information to write this paper. But right. I don't see people who follow religions doing that, doing their research on what you are guiding your life by. Why? Right. Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to go and get you know clarifying um, you know facts or other books or you know do research on this thing that you are that's controlling your life? Why wouldn't you research it? Let me tell you how I got kicked out of um, Bible study for questioning the whole uh, immaculate conception, the, mm-hmm. the theory that uh, Mary just, you know, magically got pregnant on the low without oh. having been touched by I'm like, who knew that though? I mean, just cause who, who was to say, but I'm, I mean, but it's like, but question to be for real, like who's to say that she, okay. I could go somewhere else with that, but well, I, I get it. Because like, if you think about right now, if you think, I don't know how old Mary was when she got pregnant, but say, you know, Keisha from down the block got pregnant and she said she never had sex before. Would you believe her? <laughs> like, really, would you believe her? You wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I mean it sounds good. But... You absolutely would not believe her. Like, stop lying. You, you wouldn't believe her. So why why are you so um, committed to this story? When and if that's... it happened present day, you wouldn't believe it. And that's what I'm saying. So... <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so grateful that now, you know, that there's a platform to question. Cause I just feel like growing up, you just you just had to accept that there was holes in the cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was it. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to accept that this is what it is. I can't tell you, you know, and that's and I would and I'm the kid that asked a million and one questions because mm-hmm. I wanted to know and I could never get the right answer until I, like I said, till I went within, mm-hmm. you know, and the discernment comes from, from you, you know, okay. And I have to be like, is it well with my soul? Whatever this is going on, is it well with my soul? Does it sit right? And mm-hmm. that's how I, I'm I, I can dissect the information, you know, and just ask, does it sit right with me? Is it mm-hmm. well with me? Cause if I can say that, you know, something, something is not right here, then it's not it's not right for me. And it's nothing that you can say or try to convince me. Otherwise that, that to me is like getting your discernment muscle. Um, you know, you have to flex it a bit. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you have to have that spirit of discernment, but you've also got to practice it, which means asking questions right. and, you know, like I said, figuring out what sits right with you. Cause a lot of this stuff does, doesn't sit right, you know, and, and we, as a people, and I'm talking about black people, you know, when it comes down to our force fed religion and, you know, give me that old time religion. Like, I don't want that old time religion mm-hmm. because that has enslaved us. That, was, that was, that was meant to enslave us. Right. That was, was meant so to keep us down. And even present day now it's, 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 it's built on such a patriarchal, um, hierarchy that I remember when I was in church as a young kid, there was this woman who, um, she became ordained and she wanted to sit on a pulpit and preach. And it was a big deal about her 
preaching because she was a woman. Girl, you know? I, I remember I was in, uh, just as I said, I was in church. Um, um, I was a teenager, but you know, if my skirt wasn't hiding my knees, you know, mm-hmm. I would have to get up and leave. Or if I had earrings on, I'd have to take them off. One of the, one of the last times um, that I actually went to church on my own, um, I was in Baltimore. I was I still in school? I think I had. I was still in college. I went to some some church, and the preacher literally. I was with my one of my homegirls. I guess you know her shirt was maybe cut a little bit too low or whatever um, for church. I'm assuming, but he talked about her the entire sermon. I mean, he didn't call her out by name in specific, right. but you can tell his sermon was about her. And it's so embarrassing because, of, 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 you know, as as young women, a young woman, she's coming there to, to get the word, to get guidance. These are the kind of people you should bring into your fold instead of pushing them away right. because you feel uncomfortable about what she's wearing. But really that shows your insecurity. So exactly. what, what does she have on have anything to do with the word that you're preaching and bring her into the fold? You know, you're pushing more people away being so judgmental, you know? And and that has been the characteristic of the Black church. Very, very judgmental. And like you said, very antiquated and outdated. And I think that is what signifies the move from the Piscean Age, which was about hierarchies and and rules and regulations, to the information age that we have now, especially in the last 50 years, and we can see it. I mean, we can point to so many different things that have happened that, that, clear that to me clarify that okay this is this is the age of information this is what's going on um the dissemination of information and what like i said what i call knowledge of self so i just thought this was interesting to bring up um at this point and i would love to have more of these conversations because I, I think it's necessary i think it's very needed um in our communities to talk about it absolutely you know? yep absolutely all right moving on what you got? Uh, moving along, just want to, I don't really want to harp on this too much. Um, but um, so going back to uh, to Nip, um, did you hear that Chris Darden is now representing the guy who was arrested for killing him, um, Eric Holder? Yep, I did. Yeah. So I feel like Chris Darden just can't get right. You know, before <laughs> he was on the right side of the, the law for the wrong case. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's on the wrong side of the law for the o- o- OJ. Yeah, like you can't get right with black people. <laughs> that first, you know, even though yeah. I, I believe OJ did it, you know, but that was that was a that was a uh, a case where I think that just in in the terms of the black community, that just kind of outed him, you know. And now for this particular case, you know, uh Nip was he's a people's champ, you know, and now you're representing the person who actually killed him, you know. So I'm not sure uh, how this came about because before uh, uh, Eric Holder, he he committed some crimes before and he's always used a public defender. Um, so now Darden took his case and we, I don't know how he's paying him or what is the reason why he took this case? Um, is he going to represent him for the duration of the case or was it just for the arraignment? Um, his daughter, uh, Chris Darden's Chris Darden's daughter, Janae Darden, she's been receiving death threats. Um, so this is it's really interesting. Um, I, I, I'm just assuming the, the reason why he took this case is uh, maybe he's just trying to heighten his popularity again and kind of get back out in the spotlight. Um, but I just, you know. Yeah, I think that's, so I, I have a couple of things I was thinking about. That, that was one, 
because I mean, as as we, you know, us old heads know, he famously lost, you know, the OJ Simpson murder trial 25 years ago. So yeah, that was a slam dunk. You, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Not for him, it wasn't it. Shit. Yeah. Like, hey, black man, black man. So, you know, that was that was that was a mess upon a mess. So that, you know, that didn't happen. So now, you know, I guess he gets the second chance at it. But you know, the lawyer in me always believes that everyone everyone is entitled to a fair trial i'm not saying that um eric holder you know should be thrown under the jail i that's i I believe that personally but um you know as upholder of the law or you know that that part is he is entitled to a fair trial so maybe the brother talking about darden stepped up to make sure that there would not be mob justice because i felt that this was brewing you know mob justice is when you know the crowd takes over and next thing you know he's strung up somewhere and i mean i'm not even saying it lightly because that's a that's a real thing you know just i think the hatred and the 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 vitriol and the animosity that people have towards um nipsey hustle's killer Mm -hmm. uh, is enough to ensure that he might not even make it to trial, you know? Well, I have, first, well, I'm going to keep my comments to myself, but God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not that I don't want to even want to say it. <laughs> I don't even okay. want to say it. No. Okay. I, no. I, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I do know. I need to stop saying it because I do know. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Moving forward. Never mind. I want to say okay. it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I mean, this this will be unfolding. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm thinking maybe it's a setup for his his. Uh, it's a book he's going to write. Of course, yeah. of course. I think this is a publicity thing for him. Because um, mm-hmm. I just I, I'm uh, I just yeah. I don't. I think that's what it is. I'm tongue tied, but I think that's just what it is. I think he's just trying to set himself up for. Um, you know, deal to go on a whole press run and maybe get a talk show or whatever he can get out of this. That's what he's looking for. Okay. Yeah. So, All right. Whatever. Okay. Well, moving on. Where are we? We are at the weekend day. No, it's been a good week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So here is a question. At, okay, so. It was pretty lengthy, so I'm just gonna kind of paraphrase, but you'll you 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 kind of get it. This is more of a dating question. So she says, All right, I've been single for about three years with no sex for a little over two years. So last year I decided to start dating again. I was resistant in doing so. Um, but she said, usually do this every so often, but the next day, oh, so she I guess she's talking about she put a picture up on Okay, I'm kind of lost. All right, this is making sense. All right, so anyway, I posted about a past fling coming back and then a guy I liked at work. work. Both were a complete waste of time. The guys at work was more than 10 years older than me. He looks great for his age, so I decided it was best to stay colleagues, acquaintances. The guy who came back is full of shit and all the things he promised would change is still the same, so I decided to let that go. I've been out two weeks in a row and I'm kind of tired. I went to bars, clubs, <laughs> hookah, lounges, walking downtown, malls, tried a dating app again. I'm not getting the men I did approach or want my, I am not getting the men I did approach or want my number. And I'm thinking 
man, is something wrong with me? I have guys walk up to me and say, you are beautiful, but never get my number. Am I doing something wrong? I'm talking to this cop who I frankly can't stand and this pilot who is low-key annoying too. I just don't know if I'm being too picky. Then this happens. So I'm out with a friend and her boyfriend says, do you have any single people with you? And my friend says, no. I'm like, what the fuck? Maybe she believes I'm not relationship material. I don't know. I must mention, I have a past of being abused, which I've healed from after therapy. Very long, long therapy. I'm in a much better place financially and I make good money. I'm stable all around. I'm not sure why she wouldn't mention me. She also knows this. I'm thinking of giving up. I've been single. Maybe this how it's supposed to be. Oh, so okay, <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> so I not laugh, but so I guess you know, I guess she's just tired of the dating game, and she's not meeting the men that she wants, or she. I, I guess she's approaching some of the men, but they're not. You know, the the game ain't the game is not there, and then she has a friend who had an opportunity to hook her up with her boyfriend's friends, and the friend was like, I don't, I don't have any friends. But why she didn't speak up and be like, what, why she didn't speak up? I don't know. I so, feel like, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, well, no, I, what I, what I was just going to say is, you know, I'm, I'm reading this and honestly, I, I feel her energy is like, like she's saying, she's frustrated. She's annoyed. She's been going all these places. She's been doing all these things. And this I've had, you know, you and I have talked about this. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you bubbling out here in these streets and sometimes you just dry as a desert. Sometimes shit, shit ain't popping up for you. And those to me are those moments where you just have to sit back and recollect, you know, just kind of collect yourself and go within, you know, and find out what is it in you? Cause I, and I, and I remember going through a dry spell when it's like, you know, I probably spent the most money on clothes, the most money on makeup. I was spending, you know, money to go out. And those were the times where I felt like nobody was checking for me. And you know what it was? What I figured was it was my it was my vibe. It was my yeah. vibration. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed. So even if I didn't tell you I was annoyed, you could probably see it in my on my face and in my aura. Like I was I was I was tired of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I felt like, you know, the guys that I liked didn't like me back. And then the ones that, 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 that liked me was the ones I didn't like. So it just created this cycle and it, it did create this energy around me. And I feel like, you know, we, we are energetic beings, even though I didn't say it, I think those, you know, around me, you could pick up on it. So mm-hmm. I had to like change my energy, which was number one, like just go sit in the house and meditate and kind of get myself right before I'm out here again, you know, because there's something I know for me, like if I'm good within, I'm smiling and I don't really have nothing to smile about. But if I'm not like the, the stress on my face will show and then somebody be like, you know, what's the matter? And I'm not even realizing, oh, man, I got to I got to look on my face like you know, rest in bitch face. And it's like, I don't even mean to, but that's where my energy is at. So really I would just advise her to check your energy, you know, maybe take a break from all the stuff that you're doing because it's not working and figure out what is it that you really, really want that you truly want, but then be that, you know? So instead of going out here and searching for perfect man or whatever you think, like just be who, who it is that you want to attract. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I, I can go back. Every time that I've, I've met someone um, that I wanted to meet, it was always by happenstance. It was always just by chance. 
And it was never those times where I'm like, I I, I want to meet somebody. I want to meet somebody, you know? So when you go out mm-hmm. and that is on your mind, like I, I need to get a number, I need to meet somebody, I got to attract, attract someone's attention. That comes, people can feel that. That's your vibe that you're giving off. But if you go out right. and you're having a good time and you hanging with your girlfriends or whoever you're hanging with, and or you're, even if you're by yourself and you just look like you're enjoying the moment, you know, yeah. you're not looking pressed, you're not looking all around, you're not on your phone, you know, you, you're just really in the moment and you're enjoying it. You're going to attract that kind of energy. Um, so that's right. what I suggest. And, you know, and even when you're on these dating apps, we talked about this before, like, you know, and I've done dating apps um, on and off for a while, you know, but really I don't really go on it as, as a way to like, I think I'm going to meet my husband on this thing. I'm always like, I can meet a friend. I've met plenty of dudes on dating apps and we have literally become friends, like cool ass friends that we hang out or whatever. Um, so not everything has to be a love connection. You know, when that person you're supposed to meet comes, um, he's going to come, you know, and just like we were talking about in the previous, um, segment where we're talking about the age of the Aquarius, like if you, um, what is meant for you based off of the the time you were born and the minute, the hour and all that, all that good stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that comes into play with who you, who you attract to yourself. So it's kind of, you know, so it's kind of like, you just kind of have to live life and let the people come to you. Don't go out looking for these men, let them come to you. Um, because when I've had that, and when I've had that kind of energy, I'm like, my shit be popping in these streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It be, and, it, and it's so funny how that works, you know? Um, and the law of attraction. It's the law of attraction. And even sometimes when, I, when I'm, you know, somebody, even like recently this guy was dating and it wasn't really going the way I wanted to go. And I'm like, what? but why? You know, why? And I thought mm-hmm. about it. And then the next day, my phone was off the fucking hook. And I'm and it just reminded me like my shit pops. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So just because, just because, <laughs> just because, you know, me and this guy not vibing doesn't mean I'm not a viable person and worthy of um, you know, worthy of of a mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just just stop thinking about, you know, I have to be married by this time. I got to meet somebody. I got to do this. I got to, you know, just take that out of the right. and just be and then just enjoy life for what it is. And so then you'll be amazed of what comes to you when you when you live life that way. Right. When you when you let go of trying to make shit happen, you know, I'm and I'm all about action. But especially when it comes to dating and relationships like if you can kind of let go of the control thing, and a lot of times that's hard for us to do and just kind of be, you know, make sure that you are your happiest and you're love and light and you're good. And like you said, it will come to you. And it's, it's almost like you could say like, it's almost like magic, but it really isn't. That's just how the, it's how the universe works. Mm-hmm. It will come to you. So, and I've seen it, like I said, in my own life, when I was over here trying to, I'm on every date nap, I'm taking uh, professional pictures so that I can post them and I'm doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not meeting you know people that I f- felt like match my energy and mm-hmm. I'm like okay I'm 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 done I'm it's frustrating mm-hmm. so you know I and even now like when I go out it's like I love to go somewhere where the music is really good and the vibe is good Girl. you know not, you know maybe a little bit of eye candy or whatever but like when the music is good I'm mm-hmm. telling you it's like home I'm home. 
I'm at my mo I'm at my most happiest, and I can dance by myself. Don't if you coming over here trying to dance with me. Nine times out of ten, I'm I'm telling you, I'm 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 in my zone. I'm in my I'm in my space. I'm my happiest, and it just seems like it's so. It's that that those moments where you know, Mr. Chocolate to walk over and have something really good to say. Like I'm I'm there for it, but I have to you know I have to like I have to be in my happy zone and my happy energy. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. And and it, that this is for, you know, having that type of attitude is for this situation, but also for life in general, you know, right. um, just appreciate the, the moment that you have and uh, enjoy it. Your life is a club, yo. <laughs> <laughs> life is a club. It sure is. <laughs> God damn. Like, you ain't got enough money for admission? <laughs> There's an ATM machine on the corner. <laughs> get, your, get your shit get together. No, very true. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, we gave some good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be easy. That's my. That's been a saying I've been saying for a while. Just be easy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, honest, love and light. Be love and light. Mm -hmm. Just, just figure easy. out what that is for you and and be it. Yep, be it, girl. So, all right, moving on. Where are we? We are at. The I reminisce, I reminisce. All right. All right. So we're taking it back to 1994 to my Ooh. little sweetheart, Heavy D. Oh, um, black coffee. Black coffee, no sugar, no cream. That's the kind of girl I could down with my... You know, the, the beautiful thing about this song is that he was really praising brown skin and dark skin girls. Well, do you understand? I think just there was an era in music around that time yeah. where... It was about the queens, you know. We had Queen Latifah. It was the it was the queens, right? And it was it was regular, beautiful black women. Now it is like you got to be mixed with something. You got to have not that it, it's nothing wrong, you know, but you got to have weave all down your back or or light and wavy. You know, be light and wavy is what I call them. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You got to have red bones. You got to have big asses with silicone and shit in them. Like, all right. Yep, that's no, the, the black, no sugar, no cream. The uh, what are the slim chick girls with the flat stomachs and the big asses? I'm like, how do y'all do that? Please, I, I, I low key want to know for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, like basketball, yeah. walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like this song, and you know, Heavy D was just a, such a vibrant person. All of his music was so upbeat and so happy, and I really loved this song. I, I yeah. loved the video; it was really cool. So. That's my I reminisce. Heavy D, Black Coffee, uh, came out in 1994. And it actually was sampled. Um, it sampled James Brown, The Payback. Big Payback, yep. Yeah. I remember that song. And yeah. I remember, this is, yeah, this is, Heavy D was like, he he did define an era. That was, that was 94. I remember it very well. And you're right. He, he did praise black women. And his, his music was more, you know, that was, it was like a fun rap. Like, it was uplifting. Mm -hmm. It was... Um, you know, conscious at the same time, you know, and I miss him. And, and, you know, I just, when you look back at his career and he had gotten to acting a bit and got into producing. Like, yeah. He had a, a, a really well-rounded career. Yep. The boy from Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was good. That's my RMNS. Okay. All right. So. We are now at the Support Black Businesses segment of the show where we highlight a Black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities, and we desire to build awareness of products and services made FUBU for us by us. 
So this week is my support black business. This is a little, it's more dear to my heart because I was in the mall um, the other week and in the Broward Mall in Miami. And I walked into a health wellness nutrition store called the Power of B12. They do like vitamin B12 shots, lipotropic, antioxidant shots. So um, as some of y'all may know, some years ago, I had a bowel resection. I had an infection and I got like, you know, some of my intestines cut out. So the, the whole thing is, I can't process uh, B vitamins like everyone else. So I have to take injections um, to prevent anemia. So a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll get a Groupon or something, or I'll go to my doctor and I'll get the injections and I, you know, do it myself. So I go into this place, the power of B12, and I meet with Dr. Brenda and she turns out to be a black, she's a black female, but she turns out to be the owner. So she gave me you know, a month supply of B12 shots and she set me on my way. So um, had a really great conversation. You know, it is all black owned. And, you know, Dr. Brenda reminds me of my mother and her, and her friends. So they're located at 8000 West Broward Boulevard at the Westfield Broward Mall. You can find them on Facebook and IG at the power of B12. So that's please support. All right. All right. All right. So. Are we at the end? We are. It's the end. So fast. Goodness. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, Spotify, and we're on YouTube if you want to see our faces. You can follow and hit us up on Instagram. Our IG is popping, y'all, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and you can visit our website at That's What I'm Saying Podcast.com. And of course, Nye, who do we always shout out? We always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram, catch him on Twitter. He has his own podcast called Hip Hop Now. Um, thank you for listening so much. Until next week, take care, y'all. Take care, y'all.